Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. That's what I'm thinking well, I could afford one And if I did just a little less drinking Time to put something between me and the sun When the talking is over It's time to get a gun Welcome to episode 175 for Slam Fire Radio for October 7th, 2016. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. And I'm Adriel Michaud. And I'm Matthew McClatchy. And Trevor is on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the right way of saying that, right? He's on a trip? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, we hope you feel better, Trevor, from your trip. <laughs> Matthew, what did you do in guns this week? Nothing. Really? Nope. It was beautiful flying weather all week. I have been logging time like it's nobody's business. You've been posting some great pictures in that, too. Yeah, the leaves this year are fantastic. They look great from the air. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, unfortunately that meant I have not done anything gun-related. I'm planning on picking up my bird license this weekend and hitting the woods because the weather's supposed to crap out for flying, so it'll be great for birding, though, so I'm going to go after some birds and, and get some hunting in this weekend, so that'll be fun. Isn't the hurricane supposed to hit, like, Saturday and Sunday? It's going to miss us. They, oh, they, they adjusted the track. They canceled the storm is what they did. They just canceled it. They're like, no, no thanks. It's <laughs> it's it's Thanksgiving weekend. You're just going to have to come back another time. I like it that it's named Matthew, though. It's Hurricane Matthew. <laughs> and it, just like me, leaves a wake of destruction everywhere it goes. That's true, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's All the right. first time I've had a, a storm named after me, and I'm, it's doing me proud. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, no, I, I, I should hopefully have some hunting stories for next week. So I guess, uh, I guess, Adriel, that, that leads into you. What did you do this week? Uh, let's see. Uh, so I was on Reddit and there was a lot of guys, you know, the people just asking, like, where do I get the cheapest 9mm ammo? Where do I get the cheapest 223? That kind of thing. And uh, oh, about a year ago, I kind of made a spreadsheet with uh, just the cheapest blaster ammo you can possibly get, right? 9mm, 223. Uh, 308, 762 by 39, 762 by 54, and I think 762 by 25, 25, 22, 25. Uh, I think that, that's the pistol ammo, right? The Tokarev yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. it's 25. Yeah. I think it's 25. Yeah, just the absolute cheapest stuff because you know a lot of people. I I hear of a lot of people buying uh, ammo and then telling me about the price on it, and I was like, holy, like where are you buying this super expensive stuff? That's because they just don't know the going rate, right? Yeah. Uh, so I made a I made a spreadsheet with all the cheapest stuff across Canada, and I uh, I re-updated it. Uh, so I'll throw I'll throw that into the show notes. It's just like a Google spreadsheet. Anyone can access it with the link, and uh, there's a whole pile of cheap ammo on that thing. So cool. That's cool. People here. will appreciate that, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, if you're looking at reloading for nine millimeter or two two three, you know, take a look at that first because <laughs> you may not. You may not want to reload if you if you know what the cheapest ammo out there costs, especially if you're just blasting stuff off at the range, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. I took a whole bunch of pictures of that uh, MKA 1919. I threw those up on Facebook, and I'll, I'll throw them into a review once I've got that done. 
Uh, same thing for the TKT3 Lite. Uh, yeah, those pictures look really nice. You did a good job on those. I'm doing something a little bit different. So usually I like put them on a rest or something like that. Now mm -hmm. I, I've got fishing line like from the ceiling that's going down, and I'm putting the rifles or the shotguns or whatever through the fishing line. So That's awesome. You, I love it. If you look real close, you can see it, but... I'm not really good at Photoshop, but I don't really care. So fishing line it is. I'm just going to leave it in until I get better at Photoshop. <laughs> nice. There's a really simple cloning tool I can teach you how to use that will mask that out really quick. Super, super fast. Anyway, this isn't yeah. a Photoshop <laughs> show, so I guess we'll move on to more gun stuff. My my bad. Sorry. Uh, no, I'll learn it. It's just it's time. I'm, I'm trying to learn video editing and get better at that first. Ah. Uh, uh, let's see here. I made a whole bunch of 9mm ammo. I made about 1,000 rounds on Sunday. Yeah, about 1,000 rounds on Sunday. Uh, and I, I ran out of bullets. So uh, so I just picked up, actually just before the show today, I went to P&D and I picked up 2,000 uh, uh, projectiles for that. Uh, I bought a new range bag. So I've been using uh, a, a golf bag, actually. <laughs> it's got like a little pocket, <laughs> little pocket on the bottom for like golf shoes and that kind of thing. And I've been using it for holsters and that kind of thing i've got a, a good life gym bag that's what i use so you're you're ahead of me well it's not even a range bag what is this thing here built tough tough built it's just a uh oh what's that princess auto it's a princess auto tool bag but it's got stiff sides on it and it's got that wire in there so you can open and close it and it's got a really big mouth on top so for me, I don't really like a whole bunch of compartments. I want one big compartment to just kind of like throw everything into at the end of the day. And that's this bag to a T. So nice. Uh, just, I'm just kind of like setting it all up. There's no like crumbs and stuff in the bottom like in my other bag. So <laughs> I get to uh, I get to put all that stuff in there. Uh, and then just last night, actually, I made a bunch of shooting boxes with a buddy of mine. So, you know, those those wood squares that you you put on the ground when you're going to do ipsic or something like that to show like start in the box or shoot from the box or something like that yep did you know that in ipsic those aren't allowed anymore so good good job Was making a whole bunch of those really since when <laughs> uh here in new brunswick anyway they uh they say they're a tripping hazard and so they're no longer permitted for uh starting in a box well, they are, but like the like spray painting the ground wears off. I had so it many. It certainly people does. Yeah, no spray paint. The the boxes work great. It's just they say that you can trip over them, so they they don't want them in the in the matches anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some people running like real cheap hula hoops from uh, from the dollar store. Kind oh, of thing. that's kind of cool. Never even considered that. That's a great idea. They're less of a tripping hazard, I guess, than the wood ones. And, they're, and they're if you want to get your groove on, you can just be like hula hooping away as you're shooting. I mean, that should be like a. That should be a stage. I think Trevor yeah, would actually be. like to do that. He'd be good at it, probably. <laughs> exactly. Well, what I find with the spray paint, so we use, we normally use like marking paint that uh, we spray onto the ground. People don't look at the frickin' boxes. They don't like. They see this the the paint and they they promptly step all over it and uh, and they don't shoot within the box properly. Whereas these wood squares are way easier to see and it's easier. Like there's some tactile. To the to the wood, right? You'll know when you're at the edge because you'll trip on it. <laughs> but, uh, the reason why they're not allowed could be. <laughs> I guess. Just a guess. Everywhere, else them. Everywhere else uses the the stick boxes, though. So I mean, yeah. it's kind of like the this the one of the standards. So I mean, yeah, we we made a bunch of those. We made four uh, one meter square ones, and then two with whatever scrap we had left. So I think they're about two foot by two foot, something like that. That's, yeah, uh, the, no trigger pulling, but a bunch of stuff that is kind of to do with guns, I guess. What yeah. about you, Kelly? 
I uh, I was working on, so the Gunny Girl calendar that you guys were making fun of last week. Remember? No, Did you guys not submit at all. anything yet? Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no. So the <laughs> just want to remind everybody that the deadline for that one is October the fourteenth. I'm a, Adriel. You're going to put the link in the show notes for this, right? It's for the uh, Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights Gunny Girl. Yeah. How do I attach a picture to this thing though? Because I need to take a picture of me in a nice thong or something. Actually, no, you, you don't. send it to the email. No, no, you don't. And then I will take it and I will put it all <laughs> over social media. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So don't do that then. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Unless you want it all over social media, then we'll, mm. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> On Sunday, I went to the Belleville Gun Club. I got up nice and early and went out, and they were having a hunting and fishing show. So I worked the table for the. Uh, CCFR as well, so just getting out, uh, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, you know how yeah, it goes. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and uh, looking at all the nice, uh, nice firearms that were across the hall for me, so it was nice. Cool. Yeah, and then went promptly to the range after that was all done, and uh, took we just uh, took the ten twenty twos, did some plinking, shot the pumpkin that is part of the squirrels challenge this month, did horribly. I really need to clean my, clean my rifle. That was it. That's all I've done with uh, guns this week. So, yeah. So, upcoming events. Uh, we have Brian S. Uh, he wanted to let us know that... Uh, who Brian S. is from Valkyrie uh, Defense for the... And he was having the Counter Ambush Concepts course in Battle Creek, Michigan this weekend. And it is canceled due to lack of participation. Huh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So, for Latchy Handgun Courses on July 15th and 16th in Alberta, uh, do you guys know where it's going to be in Alberta yet? Um, probably somewhere close to Adriel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think okay. we have uh, an official spot yet. Nope. I don't think anything's nailed down, but uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be in the Edmonton area. So, and uh, it says that the basic handgun has three spots left and the critical handgun. Critical handgun is full. Is that still correct? As far as I know, yes. And we're taking names, right? We're taking names and handing out bubble gum. Wait, how does that go? <laughs> I don't know. Taking I don't know. Name? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm carry on. All right, and then <laughs> <laughs> the caps course with Dave Young. Uh, that one is canceled as well due to lack of participation. Come on, guys, sign up for these things. So, anyways, uh, Ragnarok Tactical. How did I do with Ragnarok? Was that good? Pretty good. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're doing the uh, Carbine Operator course at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club, and it's going to be October the 15th. Course fee is $176.99. Uh, so why don't you contact uh, Andrew at um, – do we have a link for that as well, guys? We do? Maybe? I don't uh, know. Maybe. Uh, in one of the uh, show notes from either last week, week before. I'm sure you could just Google it. The carbon operator course at Guelph Rod and Gun Club. I bet you'd come right up. I'm sure it would. So, and then uh, we also are supporting the Woodstock Range. There, they're doing a fundraiser. Uh, the draw is on October 15th. Uh, tickets are ten dollars a piece, and you can contact the club. Uh, we have the uh, Gmail address as well in the show notes. And then the final one is the 17th annual Hunters Sight In and Swap Meet. It's on October 22nd. It's going to be at the Frontenac Range here in Kingston, Ontario. So bring your surplus gear and trade to trade and barter. So that's it for events. Cool. Right. Yeah. How about news? 
who put in the one about the bear attack in New Brunswick? Ironically, wow, not somebody from New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, James Bork that uh, that had that in there. I mean, well, this is this is one of them, but it, it just seems like Bear Week this week. Did you guys see the uh, the uh, Facebook video of that guy who just yeah. survived a, a bear attack and then went straight onto Facebook and put a video up on there? That's just crazy. Because he's a because man. that's what you need to do. It's like, oh, I just got attacked by a bear. Well, if I don't put it on Facebook, it doesn't count as happening. So I've got to. I've got to put it on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this this one here is uh, Jeff Lyons, 62 credits. Piece of wood he used to hit Mother Bear in the face to f- <laughs> was saving his life. A uh, 62-year-old New Brunswick man is thankful to be alive after being attacked by a large black bear that shook him like a uh, rag doll, says his sister. Jeff Lyons of McNamee? McNamee? Sure. Nail it. Just, just own it, go. buddy. Just own it. <laughs> has de- teeth wounds on his upper right shoulder in the middle of his back and lacerations under his left rib cage where the skin has been all torn off by the bear's claws, said Cheryl Lyons Dudley. He says it still feels like a dream, that it's just unreal. He keeps going over it in his mind, saying, Did this really happen? said Lyons Dudley, who saw her brother just a few hours after he was attacked outside his remote camp in New Brandon on September 29th. Lyons was cleaning up behind the camp shortly before lunch when he caught sight of the mother bear and her cub out of the corner of his eye. He immediately turned away, but the bear was upon his back in an instant and brought him down to the ground and started mauling him. He was screaming and flailing his arms, trying to beat the bear off, but she picked him up by the back and was shaking him, she said. Uh, Lyons noticed a piece of wood on the ground, managed to grab it while the bear reared up, growling and showing her teeth. When the bear lunged at him again, he hit her across the face with the board several times, and she turned and ran into the woods. Nice. Two by four. Yeah. Bear defense. <laughs> you don't need no bear spray. <laughs> what caliber two by four do I need for bear defense? <laughs> I'll get stuck six-footer. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, that's good. I'm glad that he uh, regained his sen- or, uh, maintained his senses and was able to to at- counterattack. And uh, that's that's what they say to do. If it's black, attack. If it's brown, lay down. Right. So it's kind of how to remember how to deal with bears. Oh, and if it's white, it good night because you're gonna die. Polar bears will kill you. Yeah. Apparently. It's but yeah, no, it's good yeah. that he fought back. That's the right thing to do with a black bear, and uh, and he survived it. So that's that's great. Uh, that's not the first uh, bear encounter that's been happening in New Brunswick. There's been a couple of them. Um, a coworker of mine was just telling me how uh, she saw a couple while she was out fishing. Um, like there's just the bears are out moving around. It's you know be yep. careful. Yep, they are. All right, what about this one from Jason Phelps? Anybody want to talk about this one? This one is. The Safari Club International Canada's efforts to help defeat uh, C246. Why don't I I take it? Yeah, why don't you take it, Kelly? That's a great idea. (laughs) Kelly, how about you take this one? Awesome. Why don't I take it? All right, you take it. So this was put out today by the Safari Club, uh, or sorry, yesterday by the Safari Club. It says, today in a victory for every Canadian who fishes, hunts, uh, farms, or owns pets, members of all Canadian political parties voted to defeat a flawed omnibus bill um, brought forward by Toronto Member of Parliament uh, Nathaniel uh, Raskin-Smith, Bill C-246. Bill C-246 was supported by a well-funded and organized animal rights extremist, yet uh, was soundly defeated by all mainstream uh, Canadian MPs who understood it was thinly disguised, the thinly disguised act 
to restrain and control all human activities involving animals. One MP stated uh, in-house, the animal rights groups have uh, deeply hidden agendas to eliminate all animals' use. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, the the bill is all about, it's basically all about, it's flawed because of the fact that there's nothing that's very succinct um, and it's all over the place, so. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a bill like this shot down because, like you said, it was just it was just a way to to be able to charge people with interfering with any animal, and that, that I'm sorry, but animals are are there because they're tasty, and so we need to be able to eat them. So, am I wrong? What? Well, the tastiness is a side effect of being made of delicious meat. Well, they are made of delicious meat, and we we must eat these. Animals. And so, yeah. No, I'm glad this was shot down because that was just silly. So I'm glad that uh, common sense re- was, uh, uh, I don't know, common sense reigned, I guess. And uh, yeah. and it kind of worked out. Did you actually have a chance to look at what the MPs voted? There was there was something out where it showed uh, who voted yes and no and who didn't vote at all. It was actually quite significant, the, the amount of people that said no. That's so, good. Yep. Must have been a bad bill. Yeah, it was. It's really poorly worded if you go in and read it so so on tonight's main topic we have reg wales uh from vortex canada he's coming on to talk with us about scopes and optics uh thanks for coming on tonight reg do you want to give us a little bit of background about yourself i know that you're a retired soldier you actually did are also a certified firearms instructor you uh, you did my pal and my air pal with me um i did yeah, and you're also an author, and you are currently Vortex, Vortex Optics Canada Technical Field Advisor. Can you tell mm-hmm. us what exactly that is? Well, uh, basically what it's going to come down to is uh, customers, whether it's for military police or whoever's going to be purchasing our, our optics, uh, any questions they have for field field operations, uh, they would get in touch with me. Same for uh, civilians, uh, customers that purchase right from our uh, our entry line crossfire right through to our higher end uh, razor optics. They have questions on field use or how to use the optic. Uh, that's where I come in and, and answer those questions. Uh, my background, yeah, is from from the military, and uh, I was injured overseas years ago, and then uh, I stayed with uh, in the shooting sports and continued my education through that and. Uh, Long story short, I ended up with Vortex, and it's been a great ride so far. Okay. We were talking, and you were, you told us that you've opened up a, a new uh, business for yourself, or maybe it's it's the Operational Tactical Optics Program. Do you want to tell us what it is? Yeah, it's uh, the company's name is uh, Precision Optics Academy Limited, and uh, where it stemmed from is uh, there was a need. It was brought to my attention that there is definitely a need for education in the optics side of things. And uh, when I came on board with Vortex, and uh, I noticed that both Canada side and U.S. side were pulling me in both sides of the border for answering questions and and uh, dealing with customers. And when we were dealing with, uh, for instance, say law enforcement or the people that I thought knew about optics and uh, in, in how to use them, uh, it turned out that they were the ones that were really in need. Um, so Precision Optics Academy kind of, grew from that, that need, and uh, I developed a program. And the program is Operational Tactical Optics Program. Uh, so we refer to it as OTOP. And uh, it, takes, it takes the end user right through the basics of, of the optic, right through to the advanced stages. Everything from, from the common, uh, 
common knowledge such as range finding to uh, figuring out unknown bullet drop, uh, things that you would use from a ballistics calculator. But we uh, we are able to do it just simply through looking through the reticle and doing some simplified mathematics. Also, to use it for in um, in, in the field for a service provider, such as uh, police or military, those users need to have advanced techniques. So we've developed those techniques, and, and that's part of the program. So uh, this year has been a it's the first year for it, and uh, some of our clientele have been local for police services, and uh, and it's been it's been doing really well. We're really proud of it. Okay, so who's who's it available to? Is it available available to civilians as well as as the police uh, forces and and that as well? And where is it available? Originally, it was uh, made to be for strictly for law enforcement, military, and security purposes. But as we started going down that road in the beginning of the year, we found that there was more of an interest on the civilian side. We have more civilians come to it and say, "Why can't we learn this?" And uh, then we kind of thought, hey, why can't they learn this? Uh, we have some of the best shooters are civilians uh, that are out there and uh, they compete. And they also use those techniques for hunting and other competitive sports. So we've, we've opened the doors. Um, it's not for everyone. It's considered to be uh, an advanced level course. It's not your, your basic PAL course by any means. Um, so you, when you come to see us, you do need to have the marksmanship skills available to you because keep in mind we are an optics company, um, an optics training company. So we take your your marksmanship, marksmanship skills that you've developed and we enhance those and we teach you the ways that's going to make you a better shooter through your your optics. Your optics is what drives the bullet. It's everything. Um, if people would spend more attention and more money in their optics. Uh, they would notice that their their performance downrange would would increase. So there is some uh, some openings there for civilians, but we just kind of need to filter out right now what type of people we get on the range. If you're a civilian and you're looking to go down that road, uh, again, when you come to us, you need to have um, you need to have some good qualified uh, instructors that you've taken courses through and improved yourself. Okay. So, um, and you're, which range are you doing this through, or are you? We we do it uh, for the most part. We have uh, our our next one coming up. We have a uh, regional police services, and they'll be out there with us, and we'll be on the Milken uh, training facility okay. in Min- Minden, Ontario. Okay. All right. So. Awesome. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the right optics for shooting? Sure, love to. Okay. Love to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I had a I had a question. I want to jump in here. Uh, so I've got a Vortex Spark, and I know that there's also the Strike Force, and then my buddy just went and got the the Spark AR, I think is what he got. Like, can you just run us through your different red dots and what the difference is between all of them? Sure, sure. Actually, um, our AR uh, red dots and our AR the new AR Prism Scopes, they they are two new items that just came from Shot, and uh, they're specifically designed for the AR platform. Now they can they can be fit on any type of firearm, but they are calibrated for 556. Um, for people that are getting into the three gun kind of thing, and it's become the popularity even here in Canada is is increasingly um, getting larger. By we're seeing it hugely on our side of things, um, and in the stores where it's hard to keep the product on the shelves. Anything that deals with AR, the black gun, um, mm-hmm. we're probably going to be looking at mostly 
will be the AR red dots or prism scopes or what we call our reflex sites. The, uh, the biggest advantages for the AR platforms is that we've reduced the spacer uh, for the mounts, for the Spitfire. Um, it's still going to be a prism, prism scope, but there's some small advancements there. Better glass, there's going to be, now we have calibrated um, turret dials out to 700. There's many, many new improvements. Uh, our, we also have our reflex sites, such as our, uh, our new Venom and our Viper. We're seeing more and more of those types of fire, uh, should say optics on those AR platforms, whether it's conventional on the flat tops or we put them on a 45 degree offset. Uh, but you're going to find that when it comes to the three gun guys and girls, they're going to want to, to marry it up with possibly one red dot or they will go to a prism scope. Now, the biggest issue with anything that deals with red dots, whether it's going to be um, our older Spark or Spark AR models, is that if you have a what we call a stigmatism, and uh, a large population out there do have a stigmatism where you don't have that perfectly round red dot that you see nice and crisp. Mm-hmm. It's more like flaring going off on it, and so that becomes an issue. So if you are that type of person, then you may want to go and look at something like a prism scope where you have uh, the reticle is etched onto the glass, but you still have that illumination capability. And that's where we get into our our newest scopes that we have. And uh, for you guys out there in the three gun world, uh, I would recommend right off the right off the bat, if we're talking about service rifle, it would be a Strike Eagle one to six power, or we go into the Spark AR or the Spitfire AR, which is a prism scope. Um, very fast uh, sight acquisition on your target, and uh, again, very light and they're handy. And uh, we see. We sell a pile of them. Uh, yeah, I think the, I think my buddy ended up getting one of the uh, the Spark ARs, but uh, yeah, I can definitely see. So with the uh, with the Prism Scope, you're saying that the uh, the uh, Strike Fire AR that one uh, since it's a Prism, does it have like an etched reticle that works even if the light's not on, kind of a thing? Yeah, when you have a Prism Scope, uh, it's basically going to have a lot of characteristics the same as a normal conventional scope. You're going to have an eye relief of some sort, so you're going to have to set it up for the shooter. Uh, it will have a reticle that's etched permanently on, on the glass itself. So if your battery dies or if it craps out on you at some point, um, you're still going to have that that uh, aiming source. You're still going to have that reticle there. It's not going to go anywhere on you. It is a mechanical device, so it's, once again, all of these have to be adjusted for uh, for zero. And uh, the nice thing about the new AR prism scopes in the Spark AR is we've gotten away from the 2032 battery and we're going with a AAA. So one AAA, the the life of the the battery itself is is crazy. I think we're up to like 3,000 hours on minimum power, uh, 250 hours on max power. It has at least come also with uh, automatic shutoff. Whether that, it's that's the hours. best thing I've heard so far is that you're running triple A's because I hate running those weird batteries in my optics. I I yeah. go out of my way to buy an optic that will run a double A or a triple A because I can get them anywhere and I can't go mm-hmm. and find a CR one two three at your local, you know, mom and pop store if I'm I'm at the range and the closest shop is like you know some little, but they'll have double A's and triple A's so I can always find those somewhere. So that's great. Yeah. Good job on you for doing that, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is, too, the battery life, We and you think about your things that you'd use in the field, such as uh, 
uh, a GPS, and you get away from those little triple A's and you go to your double A's, the life of that unit is, you know, that's what they're coming out more of. And, and we see that. We see that trend is, is that you want to have something that's handy. You can go to your local Costco. You can go to your local uh, um, convenience store, pick up a, a set of batteries, and you're good to go. The thing is with, with our products is the life of the battery is long, lasting longer because we also introduce automatic shutoff times. So even if it's, uh, you say a police officer has it on their carbine, uh, he throws, throws it back in the vehicle at the end of the shift, you know, he turns it on, turns it off, the next shift comes on, uh, it's still going to be good to go. It shuts off automatically. So we don't have that continuous, when you pull that firearm from, from the locker or from your locker and you want to go out and uh, do a three gun, and in the middle of it, your battery dies. So, so we, these guys that are developing the optics, uh, in Wisconsin, they have their, their finger on the pulse because they're shooters too. Like they, they, they go through the same thing that you and I go through. And the nice thing is that they deal with it. So it, it, it got to keep in mind that Vortex is still a family owned business. So it's not every day where you're, you can give me information, feedback and where I can go down and, and I could pass that on directly to the engineers and they make it happen. So I think that's part of the success of Vortex too, is we actually, we listen to the customer and uh, we're seeing those improvements uh, when the new units come out. So feedback is very important. Okay. Um, right. what, it's hunting season. So what are, you, uh, what are you recommending for somebody who's going out with their hunting rifle? Just, you know, distances of up to 200, 300, 400 yards. Well, of course, I'm always going to start off with the most pricey and the highest end. <laughs> but, but, uh, one of the things we, I just went, got the opportunity to hunt elk, uh, on one of our properties here that, uh, we have in Ontario and, and it's just very, very rare. And I actually took our three to 15, the new Razor LH, uh, hunter out. And it's a phenomenal piece of equipment. Um, if you think about what you're purchasing your firearm, uh, even the book that I put out, it's, it's still, you know, it's always going to try to think, 50% firearm, 50% your your optics. In the in the my personal preference would be more like 60/40. And uh, so if you think about those numbers, and if I drop and say, you know, you're going to spend about a thousand dollars on an optic, and you some people out there might say kind of cringe and say, oh my goodness, a thousand dollars. My rifle was only eight hundred dollars. But if you know the optic is everything. It drives the firearm. It's your your eyes to the target. It keeps everything. Without the optic, the firearm is nothing. So on the greater scale of things, I would be saying, yeah, in, in a perfect world, if you could afford it, would be our Razor, new Razor, uh, Light Hunter. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, the glass is, is premier glass. It's HD glass. Uh, but those people that can't afford that, we still have other alternatives. Going down, we have our Viper line that we have the HST, uh, which is the hunting, shooting and tactical line, April chromatic glass. It's giving you all the bells and whistles. Um, right down to our crossfire. So I take the average person that would call me and give me a question, uh, just thinking back last week, a gentleman that called, and he was, had a Tika T3 and a 30-06. And we started out at a crossfire entry level, and after our discussion went on, he settled into a Diamondback. And, you know, you don't have to have maximum power. You don't need to have that 6 to 24, but just a, a general, even a 4 to 16 or a 3 to 12 will get you through quite nicely. But the most important thing I must say during this interview is not just for, for Vortex, so I think it, for all optics manufacturers, what we face is uh, over-torquing of rings and improper mounting, where no matter what quality of scope you buy, if it's not installed properly, 
then you're going to have issues. So I think the biggest issue would be start thinking about the rings, start thinking about the mounting options, and then really look at your optic. Uh, sometimes less is more. So don't go out and get the highest magnification, such as a 6 to 24. Start on the lower end and think about glass quality. That's, that's the most important points to uh, getting a good hunting optic. Yeah, I think I, I don't, I'd, I don't uh, want to drop exactly. I'd, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I talked with a, I think a tech from Vortex a while, a while back, and he was saying, yeah, the the thing that's the thing that most people are doing is just torquing them way, way, way down too tight, and uh, most people would do really well to get a torque wrench that uh, that they can use so that they're not, you know, putting, you know, uh, what is it like fifty inch pounds instead of fifteen or twenty kind of a thing, right? Yeah, and, and the thing is too, when we put out our rings, when you purchase them in the box. They come with a little uh, piece of paper in there that does say, you know, torque within a certain spec. It's usually between 16 to 18 inch pounds, not foot pounds, but inch mm-hmm. pounds. And uh, we provide you with a little Allen key. Now, the problem is they take that Allen key and we over torque them. We even tighten them up to a can't move. And that's too tight. So taking that money and spending it towards uh, a torque screwdriver um, is, is a good investment because it's not going to go, it's not going to go bad on you. You can pick it up. You're gonna not the last scope you're ever gonna install, but you can use it on your whole firearm, uh, your, um, you know, your action screws. You name it, you can use it. But uh, it saves a, a lot of grief because you're the ones that are putting the rounds down range, and you can save yourself a lot of heartache by having that that scope torqued to spec. And then when you go to put the amount of elevation or windage on, it is gonna go ahead and see the proper uh, proper results downrange. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, the the biggest issue we face is over torquing. Okay, some of our listeners are uh, precision rifle um, uh, gunnies as well. Do you have any recommendations for them for their rifles? Oh, thank God you guys asked me that because that's kind of my thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to I like to shoot the the black gun a little bit and a little bit of the pistol, but um, my life revolves around precision shooting, and and that's really where I kind of come in into the vortex line. And, um, yeah, uh, we've got some new stuff out this year. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, what's going to be coming across my desk here uh, in a few days is our new uh, AMG, so our new, uh, our new optic for the line. And uh, it's 100% made in, in the U.S. Your listeners that are listening to me now are most likely familiar with it. They've been on the websites or they've been uh, listening to the news about it uh, through various media. And so it's, it's new for us. It's a 30 mil tube. It has all the bells and whistles. The great thing about it, it's a fraction of the weight of our Gen 2, which okay. is very popular even in the PRS matches. About uh, 60% or higher now of uh, PRS shooters are running with our Gen 2s. And uh, so our, our AMG is, it's the hot ticket. It's the, it's the new and upcoming uh, optic for us. Actually, Recoil Magazine, I'm just looking at it now. It's sitting on my, my office desk, and they did a great article on it. And uh, so you guys are out there that are listening to this, pick it up, take a look at that article. Uh, it, it really shows you the ins and outs of the optic. Uh, for optics and rings, we've got new bubble levels. Uh, we've gone and we've made our bubble level even smaller now, lighter. It's uh, about a third of the size of our, our first bubble level that we came out. That, the, the larger bubble level is still in our SKUs. It's still out there for, for you guys to purchase but we're, uh, we're slimming down a little bit uh, on the bubble levels. 
um, we've got so many cool things coming out this year coming up. Uh, just the stuff that was released this year, it's just hard to keep up with demand. So things like the AMG are a little slow coming off for us um, to get them out to the dealers just simply because they are made 100% in-house. Even the glass is precision grind in the U.S. as okay. opposed to uh, offshore. So, like again, for PR guys and girls out there, um, our warranty is always the same. It doesn't matter what it is, so long as it says Vortex on it. Uh, we've got your back. We, we we cover cover our product. Yeah, that's one of the great things about Vortex. Uh, if uh, if anything happens to it, you can ship it back and and they'll replace it. Absolutely. Yeah, you warranty. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we want you, we want you to use the stuff, right? That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, us as shooters ourselves, we know things happen. Um, whether you lean the firearm up against a bench, do something foolish like that, and it falls over, um, there's always stuff that happens. Right. Whether it's your fault or not, we we look after you. Okay, uh, Matthew, you don't uh, when you with um, Ipsic, you don't use anything on your scopes or anything on your uh, handguns, right? No, I know I just run no, open sights. You're, but... you're open sight. Do you have anything that you can recommend for that, Reg? Again, this year, I'm just kind of bringing up our new stuff that we've re- that we've released. We have uh, two new red dots, our reflex sights. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest one is our Venom. Uh, it's going to give you a 3MOA dot. Uh, we have the Venom and we also have the Viper. Uh, both of those are can be married up on three gun, or correction, on pistols. Uh-huh. Um, the great thing is about um, those types, we can go ahead and put them on uh, core style pistols, so anything with cutouts, we can, uh, we can mount those up for you. If you visit uh, Vortex Optics or Vortex Canada website, you can actually get uh, whatever pistol you're running with. You'll get a little bit more information on what base plate that needs to be applied, uh, so it will fit your pistol. But okay. it's those are the those are really hot items for us. Is the reflex sights? Okay. Uh, either Matthew or Adriel, do you have any uh, any questions about scopes before we go on to actually what's new with coming up with Vortex? Well, I had a question. You were talking about the uh, the torques. Uh, settings is for somebody who doesn't have a torque wrench that will go down to that low inch pounds. Is there a rule of thumb that you can use with a, an Allen key or something that will sort of get you close? Yeah, maybe if sure. it hurts your thumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> instead of using the long end, let's just put the long end into the screw and use the short end. And basically, once you feel it start to, to snug up, that's about as much as you really need it. Um, the thing about having, I really stress having good quality rings um, and that's one one area that's kind of been not really looked at or have gone down that road where people start thinking how important rings are but rings are what brings the optic and the rifle together it marries them up and if you have good quality rings you're going to have 100 percent surface uh, contact surface bearing contact with with the scope tube so you don't need to come on to it with a large amount of force um, and in today's optics, even ours, uh, you know, you're dealing with aluminum. You're, so you have an aluminum aircraft aluminum tube, and you have a tube within a tube. Your erector tube assembly is what's contained your your reticle. It floats inside the tube of your scope. So if you have very little uh, movement inside there, allowing that to to move around, you're going to start seeing some inadequacies down downrange. You're going to start noticing that such as your parallax dial is becoming stiff, it's hard to turn, your elevation or windage dial, when you put a click or two on, it's not responding downrange, 
There's all sorts of things that are happening inside there. Your, your scope is a very complex piece of equipment. So again, installation, that's where it starts, is getting the scope on properly, getting it adjusted properly for the shooter. But you want to be able to, when you put rounds down range and put that, move, start moving your turret dials, you want to have that respond on the target. And again, over and over again, we see the same thing is that we have customers that, you know, they say, no, I have a, a torque wrench and our torque screwdriver and I'm applying uh, X number of pounds uh, because my, my ring manufacturer that I purchased these from are saying I need, you know, 25 inch pounds. Well, you need to go by what your scope manufacturer recommends, not the rings, because when you start applying that pressure to the scope, that's what's causing the damage. And, and once again, I got, I got to stress rings are so important, especially in the precision world. Okay. Um, so Nunix setting this year, we talked a little bit about it, uh, before you came on or before we started recording, um, shot show, right? You'll have some. You'll have some stuff there. Uh, can you give us general terms of what's coming out? Uh, well, it's going to be it's it's going to be another great year for us. Uh, 2016, when we had shot, we have uh, so like I said, almost 30 some SKUs that came out for us. Um, everything from accessories to to actual optics. Um, this year coming out, or I should say, for the following year for Shot Show, it, what I've been told is, I, once again, it will be another stellar year for Vortex. Um, we're, we're getting a lot of feedback from, from our customers. And once again, the engineers are, are taking those, uh, those recommendations to heart. And, uh, I think you're going to see more of the things that we're having out for accessories. We've got the, um, the new Defender flip up caps, uh, the little dope cards that you can get now, the plastic dope cards that you can sit in there. And, uh, the things that really make life so much easier as a shooter. And we're, we're starting to, to put that out. As for, uh, Optics, I, I can't tell you exactly what we're putting out right now. Um, it's a little too early to say, but again, I can tell you it's going to be an awesome year. Cool. Probably a bunch of scopes and red dots, right? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you going to be at uh, SHOT Show? I will. I will. Oh, cool. I might see you there. Yeah. Are, is, are all you guys going to be there? Or is it just uh, just yourself? No, just the important one. Just, just the <laughs> okay. yeah, we're not right. We're not cool enough to go, apparently. He said no. <laughs> all right. No, uh, we will be there. We have uh, all of our reps from across Canada will be there. Uh, our owner, uh, Paul Grant, he'll be attending. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's great. It's, it, I can't say enough about Vortex. It's just been a, a wonderful company to work for. And um, for me coming in this type of line of business with them, and they've nurtured, nurtured me right through anything that I needed to grow uh, in the industry. They've been there to hold my hand. So they've, they've been just phenomenal. They're a great company. Uh, just even two weeks ago, you were at the ladies' event in Napanee, and Vortex was a huge sponsor for that. So, uh, as you said, great company. They're they're doing some sponsorship and helping out in the communities, and and that they're involved in the shooting communities particularly. Um, we even had a, a Vortex donate towards uh, our podcaster charity shoot. Uh, it's all the charity, or sorry, all the proceeds went to Soldier On. So it was great to see them getting involved in the community in that too. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, next year because this was the first year for that uh, shoot in Napanee for the Ladies' Day, um, mm-hmm. Vortex is committed to it for next year also, and and to add to uh, 
to the amount of money we put towards this year, we'll add to it next year and, and watch it grow. Um, the, uh, the coordinators for that, um, they did a great job for what I can yeah, see. Uh, lots of happy faces. We've, uh, we talked to many ladies that were really enjoying themselves there. So it's good. And, uh, for us men that are married, we know who's important, who we have to, uh, woo over <laughs> because, uh, um, they hold the purse strings. So, no, it's great. Uh, ladies are actually one of the, the largest growing demographics, uh, in the shooting community. And it's good to see because um, you said you, you you know you just done your your pal courses and and whatnot and we're seeing more and more ladies come in. Uh, it's nothing now to have a fifty fifty split for men and women. So yeah, yep. it's fantastic. Yep, mm-hmm. it's true. Now at the beginning of uh, the interview, we said you were an author. Do you want to tell us a bit your book? Sure, I'd love to. I'm always good to to pitch the book. Uh, the book is the ultimate optics guide to rifle shooting. Uh, the biggest thing I found is I've been shooting well over 30 some years now. Um, I started even as a young kid hunting, but I've been shooting optics for, for close to 30 years. Um, and once I got into the optics side of things, right off the bat, I was just wondering, like, there's no, no one out here to teach you how to, to use the optic. You know, you, you learn your shooting fundamentals, whether it's from, uh, your father, your uncle, or you learn from yourself or from the military or some type of formal training. But even in those scenarios, uh, even in the military side of things, we didn't have we didn't have the knowledge base uh, when it came to optics. So growing up, I, I took it upon myself to start learning about optics, start learning about hey, how do I make a sight correction? Why does it take me 20 rounds or 30 rounds to go ahead and and sight my rifle in? But this is this is foolishness. So at a very early age, I started to kind of figure it out, and I started to realize, wow, optics are they're the key. They're, they hold the key to, to performance for firearms for, for accuracy. So as I got older, I started to make notes. I started my own little, you know, note making and put things aside. And, and, uh, now I've decided to, to pull it out because people, when I go to shows, they're asking me all sorts of questions and I'm starting to draw from those years of experience, um, in dealing with optics, whether, whether it's a civilian or military or police officer that I'm speaking with. Um, so I decided to put it in a book. It's many times over. They've said, you got to write this down. you got to get this out there. And, and I did. Um, so what I wanted to do is come up with a format that was really easy to use. So it's just like you and I speaking here tonight. And uh, so if you had a question, I'd sit down with you on the range. We'd talk about it. I'd draw you out a little scenario. I'd write out an equation, show you how to do it. And that's what I did in the book. Um, I wanted to be able to be able to be fit in a in a range bag, so it's not very large. It's only six by nine. It's paperback. You can get a hard copy if you wish. Uh, I'll sign it for you. Um, it devalue it. That's the only thing. <laughs> it sell on eBay. But uh, I just crammed it full. I just crammed as as much as I could with things that you can actually use. There's nothing in there about Galileo and the stars or any of that kind of stuff like that. It's all just how do I move my op, move my reticle and my my bullet to where it needs to go, my point of aim and my point of impact, how I match it up. And uh, there's also some neat, cool things that I've figured out over the years, everything from uh, unknown bullet drop, you'll notice on your ballistic apps, um, tells you how many inches of drop you are at different ranges. Well, you can tell that just by using your reticle and using your turret dials and uh, everything from a size of targets. There's all sorts of cute, cool, keen things in there. Um, this... Uh, this program that I've developed, the Operational Tactical Optics Program, OTOP, um, there's only so much you can get in a 6x9 book. 
So it is a guide. You have to take it as that. It's a guide, but it's crammed full of really good stuff that you can use. Um, the optics program that I'm teaching now is it's the next step up from that. It's taking what you've learned um, as a marksman, and then you jump into the book and you and you grow with with the content that I put out there in the book, and then you move on. And uh, so it, it is a start. It's a really good start. Um, just like it's it's got two reviews out right now on the Canadian side. We've got the I'm looking at it right now. The Canadian Firearms Journal did uh, a spiel on it, and it the next issue of uh, Caliber did a really great uh, review on it, so we're really, really happy with that. So, yeah, hopefully everyone runs out and buys a copy. And because uh, uh, well, It's basically re- a requirement now. I mean, all yes. of our listeners must now go out and, uh, and buy one. And buy one. Absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. It's a rule. Perfect. Mm. I like it. I've I got to come on this show more often and see yeah, what else yeah, I can yeah, sell. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So if they're going out to go and buy one, where can they find it? Well, anywhere that Vortex Optics is sold right off the bat, whether it's uh, here in Canada or the U.S. or around the world, um, it's, it's shipped out uh, worldwide. Um, so if, if you can find a store that has Vortex Optics, you're going to find the book. You can go through normal channels such as Amazon, Kobo, um, any of those types of things. It's, it's in the stores. So anywhere you would download or purchase a book, it can be found there. You can even go to Vortex Canada and... You can order it directly from us, and we'll ship it to your home. Excellent. Okay. So, uh, do you guys got any other questions for uh, Reg? Uh, no, actually. Uh, he's answered quite a few of them. He's, he's done a great job. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Adrian? No, I'm okay. good. All right. So, Reg, where can people contact you if they do have questions about either their opt- optics or the course that you're running as well? Well, you can con- anyone thing that's going to deal with Vortex itself, you can contact me at Reg at vortexcanada.net. I'm happy to answer any questions you have uh, in regards to your optic. And uh, I just love shooting in, in general, so I, I like to chat, as you can tell. It's hard to shut me up when I get going. So you can contact me there. Um, you can also, if you are interested in, in looking at the Operational Tactical Optics Program, OTOP, or anything else that we have set up for, uh, for optics learning, you can contact us at info at precisionopticsacademy.com. Dot com, and there's uh, several links and contact information on there. Thank you very much for coming on tonight. Uh, lots of information about uh, scopes and optics, and yeah, thank you uh, for for everything. So yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. It was great, and I was a little nervous at the beginning, but I think I'm okay now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that it's all over, yeah, yeah, you did a great job. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just need to have a, I need to have a drink before this happens, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and once again, uh, any question that you guys have in regards to vortex optics at any time, please feel free to give me a call. Thanks, Reg, again for coming on, and let's get to listener feedback. Uh, Adriel, why don't you take this from Craig? Oh, this one's really hard. Uh, from Craig. <laughs> hey guys, I'm not sure how to sight in my handguns. Could you go through the process used to sight in yours? Thanks, Craig. You don't. You just pull the trigger and it shoots <laughs> what it's uh, aiming at. Yeah, basically. Whatever you hit is what you're aiming at. Right? So, like, can we, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know Craig, and I don't, I don't know, like, if he's a really accomplished pistol shooter or something like that, but if you're a new pistol shooter and you haven't really shot a lot of them, I would advise that you don't sight in your handgun and you just shoot it because, uh, that's some of the best advice I've heard somebody give somebody for handgun shooting. That, that's spot on. That is exactly what you do. Don't change the sight so that 
you're looking at what you're hitting. Change your stance, change your grip. Chances are your handgun is sighted improperly from the factory. Most handguns, you put the sights in the center of the rail, and that's sighted in. And now you just need to work on your form, your grip, your stance to actually hit what you're aiming at. Yeah, don't uh, don't move that rear sight way over to the right because your shots are going low left because that's, that's right. not the sights. Nope, that's not the sights, that's you. So, I mean, we don't know that that's you. you like uh, Adriel says, we don't know which Craig this is, we just know it's Craig. But uh, if if you are an accomplished pistol shooter, I would probably hazard a guess that you know how to sight in your handgun. So I'm going to go with Adriel and say you're probably not, and that's cool. Find find an instructor. Find a local person who knows how to shoot handguns and have them go over some stuff with you and see if it's really your gun or if it's you. And if it is your gun, sometimes it is. I mean, Trevor and I have run into, I don't know, maybe three or four out of the last five years of teaching Black Badge. So, you know, a couple percent of of the handguns actually aren't sighted in, but for the most part, they all are. And uh, we find that the, the, the shooter needs to adjust a little bit. But it is very simple to adjust. Most handguns, you're just drifting the rear sight to the right or to the left. And uh, for changes in elevation, if it doesn't have an adjustable rear sight for elevation changes, you swap out the front post for either a taller or a, a shorter post. So... Um, for the front sight, you uh, if, if you're hitting high, you need a higher front sight. And uh, if it's a rear sight, if you're hitting high, you need a lower rear sight. And, uh, yeah, that will that will correct that for you. Okay. Yeah, on, the, on the front sight, just move it to, to the direction that you want, uh, you want your bullets to go. And for the rear sight, go the opposite. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, like I said, Craig, if you're not an accomplished shooter... Don't uh, don't hesitate to go find somebody local who knows how to shoot and have them give you a couple pointers because that's that's going to be your best bet for for getting on target quickly and uh, properly. Okay, Matthew, why don't you take the one from Pat? From Pat, first, thank you as I really enjoy your podcast as it has been extremely helpful in my getting back into shooting and hunting. Please excuse any typos as my tablet is not fat finger friendly. <laughs> I'm going to get into reloading 9 mil and maybe 45 at a later date. I have a handle on the hardware and brass. Bullets, a different story. I've looked at the prices online, X-Metal and local websites out west, and uh, find the prices vary significantly. I also looked at my local shops, and again, the prices are all over the map. X-Metal is roughly 100 per thousand. Seems like a good deal to me by quite a bit. I've tried to compare similar products and still find quite a difference in the pricing. I would just like to know if I'm missing something. Anyway, thank you uh, to all you folks for your hard work. Two fat thumbs up from beautiful BC. Cheers, Pat. <laughs> well, thank you, Pat. Um, I'm going to let Adriel talk about projectile prices because he's our resident ammunition price expert. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so if you're buying bullets, the shipping is killer. So if you, if you can find some place that has free shipping and you find a really good place online, that's great. If you just find uh, cheap bullets online, but the shipping isn't there, or the shipping is paid as a uh, as it costs kind of thing, you're gonna it's gonna hurt. <laughs> so definitely check out your local shops. Uh, now the X Metal uh, bullets, I believe, are uh, a lead bullet that's coated with a polymer, so it's got a, like a plastic coating on the outside. And that's what it uses to keep the, you know, the lead off your fingers. I mean, lead bullets will be the cheapest out there, but uncoated lead bullets are kind of a pain in the butt to, to reload because you end up getting lead everywhere. Uh, they're a little bit uh, grimier to uh, to load, and they um, 
they let up in your barrel a little bit more than, uh, well, a lot more than anything else. Uh, a, a, a straight up full metal jacket will be a, a fully jacketed bullet that, that started with a jacket and they switched lead in. Those ones are dimensionally usually really good, uh, but they're the, the most expensive uh, kind of projectile that you can get for your pistol. Uh, the total metal coating that a lot of people will put on starts with a lead bullet. And then they put it in a uh, process that plates the uh, copper on. Those are pretty good. The dimensionality on those vary a little bit more. So that would be like your Campros and that kind of thing. Campros got some of those uh, TMJs and there's some other ones out there. I like f- for pistol ammo. Again, for me, I'm I'm quite happy with those. Uh, the X Metal ones. That's a that's a new bullet to Canada. I haven't had my chance to shoot them, but I believe Trevor has and won the provincials there. So they can't be that bad, right? No, not at all. <laughs> And uh, and and the price is definitely right. Is I'm waiting for them to uh, to be carried locally here in uh, in Edmonton before I pick some up. But I definitely will be picking some up uh, as soon as I find where I can buy them. So uh, that's the difference on them. Uh, the X Metal's got a, a plastic coating instead of a, a copper uh, coating like some of the uh, TMJs or the FMJs. So I think they're a bit more inexpensive to make, and that's why you're seeing that price just a little bit lower. So. Yeah. I'll buy some as soon as they come out here because I don't really, I don't much care what, what it's coated with. I just don't want to run like straight up lead or lead with that Alloc stuff on it. Boy, that stuff gets messy. It's cheap. It's real cheap, but it's it's really messy. It's grimy. It gets on your fingers. It gets in the reloading dice too, and then you got to clean them every once in a while. I don't really like doing that. I like just like I, I only spent about two and a half hours to crank out those thousand rounds. Uh, on a Dillon press, and I don't want to have to clean things and all. I just want to pump out a thousand rounds and be done with it. Because otherwise, you might as well just buy it and, and not reload, right? Like I went all over the place there, but that's all right. I think you answered his question. I think you got I think it. You did, yeah. All right. So this one's from Doug. It says, "Good morning, folks. Isn't it evening? Good evening, Doug. Yes, good evening, Doug. I've been uh, I have been looking at different firearm legal defense uh, insurance offers." Um, there is one out uh, there that's offered by the CCFR that you can buy with your membership, and there is one that was on the news um, at the website uh, fire, firearmlegaldefense.com. I noticed that uh, both offer 500000 uh, a year coverage, but the one for CCFR offers 100000 per occurrence, while the fire, firearm legal defense offers 150000 per occurrence. As it's time for me to renew my CCFR membership later this month, I've been planning to add insurance at at this time. But after finding out about the other company, I was hoping for some wise advice on the difference, if there is any other than what I included. As always, love the show. You got five-star review a long time ago, but I'll definitely give you another two thumbs up, Doug. Awesome. I, I did a little asking and uh, and that. Uh, we don't know what the difference is between the two, uh, the CCFRs and the Le- Firearm Legal Defense Fund. Um, yeah, there is a breakdown. The CCFR can give you a little bit more info. If you go to info at firearmrights.ca, they'll give you actually... Um, exactly what the quote is or, or also what the breakdown is, they said. It, it should be on uh, the website as well, but um, if you do need a little bit more information there, Doug, they said that they can send you some of that. Not sure what the firearm legal defense um, breakdown is. Maybe they have it on their website. I know that's the one that uh, Ian Tom- Thomas uh, Thompson um, gave a uh, 
well, that's the one that he supports. So I know that he gave a little bit of information on their website as well. I don't know. Do you guys know any any information from about the fire and legal defense? Mm, not any more than what you just said, no. Yeah. Nothing no. here. Not really. So, yeah. All I know wanted... is it's, it's good to have, is all I know. It's, it's good to have some sort of coverage to, I mean, it's, it's just nice to have some liability coverage whenever you're dealing with stuff like this. You just never know when something could happen, so get something. I don't know if it really matters where you get it from, but get something. Right. Most of the advocates groups or most of the places have, have insurance. Anyways, yeah. So, Adriel. Haha, ha, you win, Adriel. You win. <laughs> I saw it coming. <laughs> uh, from Oramass. Hey, guys. Hey, Kelly. This is my very, very late response to Trevor, who was reading my iTunes review on episode 161, and he mentioned that he'd like me to write in about firearms laws and such in Lithuania. Sorry for the delay. I happen to be listening to your episodes in a fairly random order, and that particular episode has eluded me uh, until now. Shameful, I know. Anyway, here goes a brief, not really, description of all things firearms in Lithuania. Actually, it's rather obnoxiously long, so free to cut out uh, whatever you see fit. Uh, right off the bat, I'm not a hunter, so I'll not be able to tell you much about that aspect, sorry. In general, to get any sort of firearm, first you have to go undergo a medical examination, eyesight, hearing, coordination, psychiatric evaluation. I guess that uh, takes me out of the running here. Wow, uh, that is crazy. you got to have good eyesight and hearing? What if you don't oh, have good hearing? Tested. At least it's tested. Maybe huh. you can have bad hearing, but, you know, if you're a complete wreck, then maybe not. Well, you can't hear, so no earplugs for you. <laughs> All right. It's easier, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, the, then the police run a background check on you, which can take up to a month. Then you take a mandatory course and pass an exam on basic firearms operation, theory and practice, first aid, theory only, and legal aspects of firearms, ownership, and use. Well, that first aid thing's interesting. Lastly, you go buy a safe, fix it to the wall, get somebody from the police to come inspect it and sign off. Now you can go buy your firearms. So their wow. safes have to be actually attached to the wall. That's cr- okay, cool. And inspected, so it can't just it probably can't just be a total piece of garbage, right? Right. The amount of gun you, guns you can own is not limited, but the proper storage requirements have some tiers to it. If you own 5 or less, you need a safe attached to a proper wall. If more than five, you also need an alarm system installed, which connects to some security company. Every five years, you have to have your health rechecked and your licenses renewed. You also need to take your rifled firearms to the forensic center, where they collect some spent casings and bullets for their forensic library. By the way, this forensic procedure is mandatory anytime you decide to buy or sell a rifled firearm from or to somebody. Wow. Wow. It gets yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> One peculiarity in Lithuania is the fact that, by law, all short firearms, pistols and revolvers, can only be sold by the state-run weapons fund that has a complete monopoly in this sphere. So if you want to sell your pistol, you do it via the weapons fund, which is a pain for anyone not living in the capital city of Vilnius. Uh, the one good thing about this is that the fund has fairly decent prices, not just for a monopoly, but even when compared against neighboring countries with private companies. The not-so-good thing is the limited choice of firearms and the fact that they have a single store in the whole country. This does not apply to long guns, shotguns, and rifles, luckily. And <laughs> that's almost like uh, like your, your beer stores in Ontario that are run by the government. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got your pistol store that's run by the government as well. They'd probably have terrible hours. 
Uh, another peculiarity in Europe, uh, European context, is that we actually have concealed carry in Lithuania, unlike many other EU countries. You do not need to have some specific reason to apply for it. Uh, for example, previously you had to prove you need it, uh, but you can bet the psychiatrist is going to ask, so what are you afraid of so much that you need a gun during the medical examination? Hollow points are prohibited for self-defense, but soft points are okay. Uh, we can reload ammo, which is great, but getting powder at a reasonable price, or at all, has become much harder after the unfortunate events in Paris. Something to do with the increased requirements for transport, import-export, and that kind of thing. So you'd think that whenever you can finally get your hands on some powder at a good price, you buy as much as you can, right? Nope. The law allows an individual to own up to one kilogram of powder, but you can own a virtually unlimited amount of ammunition so long as you store it properly. Bullet type and caliber, caliber selection is not great either. I own a Smith & Wesson Model 66-1 in 357 Magnum and a Ruger Super Blackhawk, the old model, in 44 Mag, and I can either buy factory ammo or import bullets from Estonia or Czech Republic for reloading. For my Glock 17, I can get bullets locally, thank goodness. Oh, and if you have a firearm registered for self-defense, you can only import 500 rounds at a time. You must also register it as a sporting firearm to lift this restriction, which means you have to become a member of a club. At this point, you should say, hey, you're only importing bullets, not live rounds. Surely this does not apply. To which my answer would be, yes, it does. <laughs> In here, an unfired case or bullet is considered to be a full round. There is no law on this as far as I know, but if you ask the police, that's what they'll tell you. It's not a huge pain, but anytime you want to import some bullets, you must obtain and pay for license to import. Uh, revolvers are not popular in Lithuania. Nobody competes with revolvers in Ipsic, for example. Maybe they do in IDPA. I should check it out sometime. Replicas of old Western-style SA single-action revolvers are used by black powder enthusiasts. We have a few of those. Clay busting is alive and well. All in all, we have a fair amount of variety in gun hobbies, but the number of people involved is, is not large, even considering the population itself is only 2.9 million and shrinking. I'd say IPSC uh, attracts the most people, including guests from abroad, uh, some with much more restrictive firearms laws. So how does that all compare to Canada? Well, aside from what I wrote already, we don't have magazine size restrictions or rifles prohibited because they look too much like an AK. It's got a smiley face on there. <laughs> uh, if it's not a full auto, you're good to go. That said, we also have a lot of other constraints and bureaucratic processes mentioned above. But also, no suppressors or full auto for cities, no laser sights for self-defense guns, but it's okay for sport and members of certain paramilitaries. Huh. No night vision sights. Uh, although the hunters are trying to lobby this through, it's a really divisive issue right now. No armor-piercing, incendiary, or tracer rounds. No bows or crossbows with more than, oh boy, 1,200 newtons of string tension. <laughs> what what does that come out to? <laughs> uh, I don't know any of the newton ones. Uh, no rifles or handguns of caliber 12.7 millimeter, 50 cal or larger. Uh, this is a pretty recent addition. No more Smith & Wesson 500 Magnum, kids. Not that I've encountered anything in this glorious 50 cal around here before. Okay, I guess that'll be it for now. If you're interested in something specific that I failed to mention, just let me know. Keep up the great show. Best regards from Lithuania, Oramas, or STR Quark. Pick the one that induces the least strokes while attempting to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs>
P.S. The STR was supposed to stand for strange, as in strange quark, but the star quark version sure made me laugh. Thanks. P.P.S. I'm almost attempted to add the obligatory goodnight, Kelly, Trevor, Adri- uh, uh, Matthew, Adriel, but I have no idea what that even means. I must have completely missed out on an important episode that keeps getting referenced. <laughs> No, it's just creepy, so we think it's funny. So Yeah, we, that's just our humor. <laughs> yeah. Huh, well, that's really interesting. That was, think... quite, that was quite an email. It was long, mm-hmm. but very informative, fun to listen to. You did a good job. And uh, I only regret you not doing a Lithuanian accent as you read it. I don't even know what a Lithu- Lithuanian accent would be like. I, I don't no... know either. I, I, I have this... Like, sort of cross between German and Russian kind of feeling, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have to send us in a sound clip. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you allowed yeah. to own sound clips, though? <laughs> or are they sound, sound magazines? magazines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. All no, right. it sounds, you know, it sounds like they, they can at least own them, but yeah, some of those are weird, like buying from the government and that kind of thing. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I mean, it. Uh, it it's, doesn't matter what country you go to. It seems like every country has some sort of messed up gun laws. I mean, we've got it good in some places and terrible in others. The U.S. has it good in some and terrible in others. Lithuania has it good in some and terrible in others. So it doesn't really matter. You just every country's got some messed up gun laws. That's what I'm sort of learning. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a tough thing to legislate, and I think a lot of countries try it in a lot of different ways and yeah, <laughs> mess it up in and different. They ways. fail every single time. Okay, what about from Justin? Do you want to do you want to read this one, Matthew? Sure, from Justin. I was in Walmart and I saw a state a safe with this sticker. I was wondering why it would not be suitable even though it has a lock and is opaque. Is it just a company not wanting their products to be gun certified? And it's a it's a picture of a gun or a safe with warning this product is not intended for the secure storage of firearms. So, um I would say that, yeah, it's probably just a sticker that covers their butt. It's like a CYA sticker uh, Mm -hmm. for liability purposes. But according to uh, the criminal code or according to, you know, whoever you ask here, uh, as long as the the container that you're locking it in is metal and locks, it's a safe. So it doesn't matter what the manufacturer says it is. If it's metal and it locks, it's a safe. So good to go. Here we go. Exactly. So... That's it for listener feedback. If you would like to send us an email, you can uh, send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. And, yeah, you can send it even if you don't live in Lithuania. Maybe Canada. If you want. Whatever. U.S., California, (laughs) wherever. The U.S., California, because they're different, right? (laughs) Well, they are in regards to gun laws. (laughs) You're right about that. (laughs) All right. Anyways. iTunes, we don't have any. We're looking for those as well. Again, if you live in Canada, U.S., Australia, Lithuania, Belgium, we, we've heard from you. So maybe another country or two? What do you think? Not to say that we don't want to hear from those countries again, That's but true. we do want to hear from other countries because it's cool. We like, we like to see how far we go. Right. So iTunes, send us some. And five-star ratings, too. All right. Shout-outs. Who's got some uh, shout-outs? Anybody? Nope. Yeah, I've, I've got one. Okay. Okay. Uh, just a shout out to Matthew and Trevor for bringing me on the show. This is my one year anniversary being on. No, Slamfire. it's been a year already. Really? Yeah, I was just remembering. I was like, I think it was October, and I just checked back. Holy cow! And 
Yeah, I think October 5th is when I put it out on uh, Hunting Gear, guys, so it must have been somewhere around there. Time flies, Aww. man. It does not feel like it's been a year. I would have baked no. you a cake. <laughs> I would not have baked you a cake, but I would have eaten some of the cake that Kelly made. Is it gluten-free? I don't care. I'm not gluten-insensitive. I'm not lug- Anyways. <laughs> I'm not like gluten, so... I like gluten. I don't discriminate against any of the... What I don't even know what a gluten is. <laughs> Congratulations Anyways. on one year, Adriel. Yeah, you're one year Still old now. Here. And you're Still not here. the new guy. Yeah, we, you're not the new guy anymore. There we go. <laughs> All right. And I have one. It's to Sean, and I just wanted to say welcome back. Thanks for listening. That's it. All right. All right. Moving on, Patreon supporters, Dalton, Dalton H. Thanks for coming on board. 226 is what his caliber is. Nice. So, yeah. I'm not so That's not a caliber. That's not a caliber. Come on, what's 226? It's okay, a SIG. It's a, he must be a SIG shooter. A, yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. I think that's yeah. the first time we've had a, 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 a gun a number. model. Yeah. So 1022 would be a good one. <laughs> Seven ninety-five, not a bad one either. That's mm-hmm. good, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, there's there's other creative ways to to put in your donation if you want to support us. And we we love all of our Patreon supporters. In fact, we've put out our first uh, Patreon special um, content, and uh, it was a really fun. It wasn't very long. It was only what five ten minutes, I think. Yep. But mm-hmm. we had a blast recording it. It's a video. And so you guys there, that the Patreon supporters got to see the four of us all on uh, on camera, just kind of goofing off and and talking about uh, a new gun. So uh, yeah, wait, was, you... was Trevor there? No, wasn't. Oh, Trevor wasn't there. <laughs> no. no, well, yeah, I felt like he was there because it was chaotic and noisy. So I just figured he was there. <laughs> but no. uh, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. So if you you want to get that special content, you know what to do. Just uh, become a Patreon supporter, and uh, and you'll get that special content too. Yeah, we have some great um, people that have come on board already. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, all of our listeners are amazing. I, You know, they're all great. Whether they are able to support us or not, I don't care. Absolutely. I I love them all. But uh, I do love the Patreon supporters just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. (laughs) Just a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks for doing that. And we do have uh, some more content coming up really soon, don't we? Uh, Yeah, we were supposed to do something, was it tonight? No. Nope. No, it's next week. Monday. Oh, it's next week. It's All right. It's supposed to be Monday. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see if that happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it, you know, just reach out, go to our website, uh, click on the uh, Patreon supporter um, link there that Adriel has put into the website, and, yeah, come on board. Help us out. Uh, it's going towards, you know, the fees for hosting the page and all that, too. So thanks, everybody, who's already done that. So. And, uh, yeah, so just if you, uh, we just uh, asking people to go and uh, join one of our national firearms associations, such as the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights or the CSSA, uh, it's really important for you guys to get out there and join one of our adv- advocacy groups uh, because they really do support us and they'll represent us as well. And it's good to have a voice. So also check us out on Gunners Canada. We are on there. There's uh, going to be the shows and you can chat with us as well. So check us out there. And on Facebook, we're at 1,535 likes as of today. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! Uh, yeah, and uh, Adriel, did you put those 
thumbs ups that we got in our feedback today. Well, it says updated October 6th, so I assume someone put them in there. Hmm. Okay. So we have 112 uh, thumbs ups, 20 gold stars, and we're still counting on those, by the way. Uh, Two flukes. Somebody asked me, what are flukes? Somebody on the weekend. And you don't know? No, I Well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. I told him. He actually was a lis- is a listener, and he goes, okay, what the heck's a fluke? And I said, well, Spencer, Spencer the whale sent it to us, and those are whale flukes. Those are the tail flippers. So he goes, oh, okay. Anyways, so we have two flukes, two manity f- or four manity flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, one safe space, one HK logo, two hobbit thumbs, five duck bills, and two squirrel nuts, and a partridge in a pear tree. We don't have a partridge in a pear tree yet. <laughs> We don't want one. <laughs> we, we'll take one at Christmas. So putting it out there. <laughs> we don't want one. I want one at Christmas. All right. And anything else you guys want to? Uh, any words of wisdom, Matthew? Um, never listen to Slamfire Radio unless you have eaten enough bacon to last you the entire two hours. Okay. <laughs> Adriel, what about you? <laughs> Where'd that go? I don't know. You uh, you spoke to me, and I had a nice a nice half glass of whiskey uh, of your choice. Right. Not scotch though. Scotch doesn't go well with bacon. Just whiskey. Everything goes well with bacon. <laughs> all right. I'm just hoping to cheese off some scotch drinkers. Oh, ah, there you go. I'm sure you got Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to say, Trevor, I hope you're feeling better. And on that note, good night. Good night. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.